Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life. And for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In today's episode, we're going to feature the CEO of a firm that specializes in selecting leadership teams for strategic growth, especially before a potential sale. But first, let's hear from our show sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here today with Alec Broadfoot, CEO and visionary of Vision Spark. Alec, welcome to Poise for Exit. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to have you on the show. I'm intrigued to hear about your business and about the work that you do, and it's um, it's very interesting. So let's just start with that. I'd just like to hear, how did you get into the work that you're in, and what inspired you to start Vision Spark? Yeah, so uh, years ago, I had a, a mailing and printing company, and, you know, we were we were killing it on, on all fronts, but, uh, you know, I stunk at hiring, and I didn't, I didn't even realize that, and reached out to a mentor and said, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, the mentor said, Hey, um, are you using any sort of data in your science? And, you know, so I decided to test it out and start using some information to help us make the right hiring conversations. And in mm. one particular, one particular instance, I decided to ignore the the data and the, the science and hired, you know, because I, went on my gut and it was a disaster. And so I said, mm-hmm. never again will I make this mistake. And, and so we started incorporating um, different tools in our hiring when I had the mailing and printing company. Uh, simultaneously, I was in a, a CEO peer group and I saw my peers making the same mistakes I was making. And mm-hmm. so that was, the, that was the beginning of me wanting to start a company um, that was all about helping entrepreneurs make better people decisions. Interesting. Sometimes that's kind of how it is, isn't it? We get, you know, kind of lost in our own weeds and it takes us a while to get out of it. And then we're like, okay, well, we got to shorten the learning curve for other people. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I know, especially with, you know, the way the workforce is, it's challenging for a lot of business owners right now in, in all sectors, right? All industries, regardless of the size of the company. I know the people that I work with are having a hard time. So let's talk a little bit more about that. When you say science and data, what are you referring to? Yeah, like? so yeah, so what we use, and, and there's many tools out there, but you know, mm-hmm. a lot of 
a lot of people hire based on someone's resume, which mm-hmm. is uh, full of lies. 48% of resumes are lies and 100% mm-hmm. are embellishments. And, and we, we hire based on gut. And like, you know, we're, we're nice people and we, you know, there's, there's some mistakes we make along the way and we, we tend to really like people and we're like, oh, I have a good feeling about this. And then if, if you, if people were to look at the, the data, so for example, we use behavioral interviewing that are research based. So, you know, we'll ask a question like, um, on what basis do managers delegate to others, right? And so we have this research of that's a good question. We also know the answer. We know that good managers will delegate based on someone's strengths and interests. So if they don't say that, they get that part of the question, the part of the interview wrong. And then we also use an assessment tool, and there's there's over a thousand different online assessment tools and personality profiles. Um, We use one that evaluates someone's mental aptitudes and personality. And so those are tools that that Mm. are really important in the hiring process. And then and then also making sure they're a really good fit for the company that, that they're going to work for. Right. So when it comes to fit, this is your first, this is your foot forward using these assessments and making sure that they're, you know, the right person for the job. What, what are some of the other tools that you use? Yeah. So the, the first part of our process is we, we meet with the stakeholders of our client. And so we're getting an idea of what the the key parties, the hiring manager and the peers and the, um, you know, the, the direct reports, what they want in this person. And we're asking them questions. We're getting information. Simultaneously, we're evaluating the company's culture. And, mm. seeing, you know, the, you know, person A may be an awesome fit for this company, but they're not going to be a good fit for this other company. Right. right, because of the of the different culture, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's really smart. In fact, I, I think that we could even speak to culture in terms of being a value driver in companies right now. You know, I'm in the exit planning business, and one of the things that we look at with you know client engagements is how strong is the culture? How much do people really like working there? You know, for a lot of reasons, but that's mm-hmm. definitely one of them. So. Like, let, let's go back to that leadership conversation. Um, how important would you say it is in having strong leadership, especially when we're going to when we're going to try to maximize our the sale of a company? Yeah, I think it's everything, right? So I have a a friend of a friend, and he's got a he's got a, an amazingly profitable business. Um, he's making a lot of money, and um, but he doesn't have any leaders in place. He is the salesperson. He is the CFO. He is the operations manager. And he's mm-hmm. also the, the visionary of the company. So he's got mm-hmm. incredible margins. Um, but he is burnt out. He probably looks 15 years older than he should. Um, sure. You know, super young guy, and you would never know that. And, mm-hmm. um, if, you know, he may sell the company out of desperation because, he doesn't have the right leadership team in place, but that buyer is going to give him a much lower multiple because it's much, it's much higher risk, right? So right. If, if, the, if the owner leaves the company, um, you know, there's not a lot of value there. And right. so I, I think it's everything. I think if you're going to buy a business, you have to have the right leadership team in place. Yeah, you absolutely have to have the right leaders in place. And I think it's um, kind of a good 
conversation be having right now with how to assess them. But what what do we do if we don't have the right leader? Like, what what would you what do you recommend when you come into a situation with a, a client and you determine that they've got people in place that don't belong there? What what do you do next? Well, it's you you have that conversation with that particular leader and seeking for their service, and you and you do a search for a new leader. Um, and, and I highly recommend it's very open. You know, uh, some companies want to do what's called a blind search or a covert search. Like, Hey, I really want to replace this leader, but I'm not going to let them know. So can you go mm-hmm. find us a great leader in place? And number one, they're going to find out in this day and age, you know, that yeah. it's going to, it's going to be, and number two, you're not going to attract the level of, of the quality of candidates because uh, in, in today's economy, the top, mm-hmm. Performers want to know who they're working for, and if right. it's an anonymous listing, then it's going to not really pull a lot of great candidates. I agree. Well, okay. So, in other words, then if we're going to be out there soliciting for a replacement, and we're being open about it, and this particular leader knows that they're being replaced, how do you handle that? Like, do you try to reseat them in another position, or you know? Um, how do you, what do you do? Especially, like, say, for instance, you have, you come in, you make the recommendation, the business owner doesn't want to deal with that, him, him or herself, because they have this great relationship or a close relationship, and they, they don't have, they just don't have it in them to, to say, hey, it's not working out. You know, I mean, it kind of puts you in a tough position, but I'm sure you've been in it before. And yeah. so, for, tell me, like, let's speak to that for a minute. Yeah, well, it's, you know, they, they have to have that conversation um, with them. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, one way to really make it easy is to open the checkbook, right? And so if if this person's in, let, let's say they're leading sales, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you're thinking, if you're thinking about your team, and you're like, okay, who's in the wrong seat? Who's not performing? And, and you, you think about this sales leader on your team, you know, it's probably, you know, they're keeping you up at night. Um, they're not able to take your business to the next level, which is a great question to ask. Um, you have that conversation with them and say, hey, you know, things are not working out. I want to give you a super soft landing. And you open up your checkbook and you, you give them a nice severance package. Now, you're thinking, man, that's going to cost me a lot of money. But the upside, right, number one is um, for the goodwill of that employee. But if they're not performing, they're costing you money right now. Right. right. So if, if the right sales leader can come in your organization and, you know, double revenue, triple revenue or coach the salespeople and really get your company where it needs to be, um, it's costing you um, not to have that person in place. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I recommend just making it a super soft landing for that employee and mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know, I can be a reference for you. Um, I'll, you know, here's a nice little um, package for you. I'll even give you, you know, X amount of time to look for another role, but we're going to be actively looking for your replacement. Mm-hmm. Well, and for a business owner or owners to retain people like that because of maybe, you know, long-standing relationship or whatever the reason is, um, they're not only hurting themselves and costing the company money, they're also really sending a message to everyone else who works for them that substandard performance is acceptable, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I like to say mm-hmm. to that is what you allow, you encourage. Right, right. 
So what are some of those common traits then of these successful leaders, these individuals that we seek that are kind of like a needle in a haystack, it seems? Yeah, I know it seems like it's a needle in a haystack, but, um, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of them out there. Um, so Good. Um, they, they need to really love people. They really need to value people. Um, we'd like them to have a strong mental acuity, like they have a really good, um, a, you know, they're, they're smart enough to gather information quickly and make decisions and learn fast, um, strong business acumen, really good communicators. And uh, they, need to, they need to have your company's core values and not be someone that causes drama in your organization, right? So they have to be culturally aligned. Um, and so those, I think, are the best traits to, to have. Um, um, they need to be good managers, um, mm-hmm. leaders, coaches. If, they're, if they can coach others, that's a really good trait to have. Um, and so those are the things that we look for and we evaluate in our, in our search process. Got it. No, I've always thought that there's a difference between being a manager and being a leader. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think there's a difference. Like, um, for example, I would say I'm a, you know, a, a decent leader, but I'm a horrible manager. <laughs> so, uh, I, I know. I guess I would are... have to say the same about myself. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. managers are, they're really good at, holding people accountable, having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a visionary, I'm an entrepreneur, and one of our strengths is that we're really sensitive to the needs of the market. We see what the market needs. We create products and services for that. And that same strength is usually our Achilles feel when it comes to managing other people and making hiring decisions. And so mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference is that, you know, like I can lead my team. I can say, hey, this is the direction we're going. Um, I can set the culture for the company and making sure I have a, a, a my, you know, uh, a sense of what the culture is and making sure we enforce it. Um, but, you know, if, if Joe here on my team is, is not performing well, I am not the right person to talk to Joe about his performance. Right. So that's really mm-hmm. what a manager is better at. Interesting. And so when it comes to actually hiring, I know we talked about, you know, some of the traits that you look for in, in um, bringing on new leaders. And, and I think that they're, they're just spot on. They're super duper important. Um, and and I, I believe strongly in not hiring with regard to what a resume says for sure. I think that's super smart as well. But we also have to have a process. And I know that you train your, um, your clients, work with your clients on developing a good, solid hiring process. What does that look like? Yeah, the process is everything. I mean, most companies have processes for client onboarding or manufacturing or what have you, but very rarely do they have a hiring process that's consistently followed by all in the organization. And so um, the number one uh, part of your process should be taking time to define the position. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, in the Book of Solomon, it says that – uh, an employer who hires a fool is like an archer who shoots at random. And so I find that that many companies will actually say, okay, well, we need a salesperson or we need an operations leader. And then the next conversation is like, well, I, I know so, so-and-so who's actually looking to, to be your operations leader. And they don't really take time to define what that position looks like. So when we talk mm-hmm. about the, the define step, we look at 
the behaviors, traits, and values, and we mm-hmm. talk about what does success look like. If if the, if you're sitting down with me a year from today and you're telling me this operations leader, for example, is just killing it. They are they are hitting their goals. They the team loves them. What are what are he or she doing to make you have this conversation with me and and say that right? So. Those are some of the questions that you have to ask. So it's, it's taking time to adequately define the role and making it really um, uh, an attractive role. And if it's done well, you'll have you know two or three times the applicant pool that you would normally than a, than a standard job description. So that mm-hmm. has to be part of the process. And then other parts of the process would you, you know you need to screen them to make sure that they have that manage, management leadership ability to make sure they fit with mm-hmm. their team. They have those mental aptitudes and then onboard them for success. Don't just, you know, hire them and say, okay, there you go. Um, you really right. to time. <laughs> yeah. And, and onboarding is huge, right? So the more time you spend with them in the new role in the first few days, the much better return you're going to get from them. Um, yeah. And so that's super important too. So the hiring process doesn't stop once they're in your company. Yes. I agree. I, I think I, it, it's common many times, especially for people who are in like a sales role or a business development role. They, you know, they get their forms, they fill them out, and then their their business cards get printed, and they go, "Okay, go sell something." But still, you know, they don't really have <laughs> yeah. a good process for them to understand. Okay, well, what am I selling? Why am I selling it? Who am I selling to? You know. Um, I think it's very important to have that onboarding process. I'm glad to hear that you encourage your clients to do that. So let's talk about what Gallup says. I understand that Gallup says that companies fail to choose the right manager 82% of the time. Is that is that a fact? My gosh. Yeah, that that is that is a fact. Um, and Gallup wow. is really good at their surveys, and they do you know they've interviewed thousands of companies. Um, and then I've done some not so scientific studies myself and I've reached out to different leaders and business owners and said, okay, you know, in the last 10 people you've hired, how many would you rehire knowing what you know now? And it's usually mm-hmm. two or three, right? It's usually 20 to 30%, which, which is right where Gallup survey is. They, if they say 82% mm-hmm. of the time there's a failure, um, it's about 18% success rate. So, um, you know, my, my non-scientific study um, found that. So Alec, um, is there a client story that you could share with us that kind of showcases or highlights what we've been talking about? I'm sure our listeners would really appreciate hearing that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, uh, one example that, that, that I can think of that's a great story is that, you know, uh, we worked with a client, they were in the East coast and they were a growing company, husband and wife co-owned, co-operated the business and they mm-hmm. had absolutely no time for each other, for family. And um, we mm-hmm. evaluated the problems, and they, we determined that they needed someone to run their company. They needed um, what's often called an integrator, a number two, a second in command. And so we were charged with the job of, of finding that individual, and we had um, over 300 candidates that applied. We, we vetted each of them. And this particular client hired an individual and, uh, they just hit it out of the ballpark and they hit a home run. Um, mm. and what was, what was funny about this is that I would follow up with the owners and, 
and say, hey, how's it going? And I could not get a hold of them. Um, and the reason why I couldn't get a hold of them is because they were spending time traveling. They were in Europe for three weeks here. They were in Florida for two weeks here. And so they've rekindled their relationship. They, they you know, were able to relax and have someone else run their business. And their business grew. Their business became more profitable. And it was just a great a great scenario for everybody. And so we do that a lot with, with our clients. It's kind of our specialty is helping companies find that, that number two position. That's fantastic. And I think that what it does then too, is it, um, it's, it's going to support the growth and improvement and scalability of the business because the business owners will have more time to think creatively about what the future looks like instead of having their head down and constantly working on the technical side. So that's awesome. Good for you. Good story. We've reached the time of the show when we're going to wrap up and ask if you have any tips for our listeners, maybe one or two things that you think that our business owner listeners could do and implement to make a difference right away. I think um, number one is to look at your leadership team and, and ask yourself the question, is this person the right person to take my company to the next level? And I would do that in each of the areas of sales, operations, and finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be number one. And if the answer is is no, they're not the right person, then it's time to have that conversation with them and look for a replacement. So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And that's not something they can do overnight. It takes a little while. And so best way for people to reach you in case they would like to get your help with that. Yeah, so uh, our website is visionsparksearch.com. And my email is alec at vision-spark.com. So alec at vision-spark.com. And so um, we'd be happy to talk to them, just have a conversation, just a strategy session, and mm-hmm. seeing um, you know, where the holes are and if it makes sense to, to partner together. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Alec. For our listeners... Thank you for joining us. Please review and subscribe and follow us. We will be tagging Alec and his company in the show notes, so watch for that and join us again next time.